my wife and Paul. Just thank you all for your hard work for these young kids. I did want you to know that we're hoping to do a, actually a VBS this year. Um, and on the 19th of March, we hope to have a meeting. Uh, Sister Sharon uh, hopes to have a meeting. So we would love to do, continue to work with these young kids. And they, they, we, we have a responsibility to our young people. We really, really do. And we can't give that responsibility o- over to, to our school teachers, to be honest. Thank God for school teachers and for their hard work. But uh, we have a responsibility as a church and followers of Christ to point these kids in the direction of Christ. Amen. So praise God for that. <clears throat> Thank you for praying for me, some of you. It's been quite a week uh, this, this week. I didn't think I'd be preaching. I thought I'd get, be calling a brother Chris or somebody coming, you know, maybe Jack. Where's Jack? I thought maybe Jack will come and bring the word or something. You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, when you least expect it, anybody, you know, Sam anybody but anyway uh and uh, yeah they prayed extra hard yeah <clears throat> but god is good you know god is good um so so i just want to tell you real quickly so I, I was fasting some years ago i was i was fasting i was going through a long fast it was a long it was gonna be a long one and um i wasn't home i was in my car waiting for jeremiah to come out of school he was like an hour away from my home so waiting in the car and and i have a book and, and I had my light highlighter with me, but the highlighter ran out. It dried out. And um, if you know me, if I have a book that I own in my hand, there's got to be a highlighter on the other hand. Um, I highlight things that I feel are important for me to know and for others. And so <clears throat> I was desperate. I wasn't going to be home for a long time. And so I went and looked for a Staples and, and just know I was fasting that day for the whole day. So I go to Staples and... I, wasn't, I, I needed to highlight it, and I, I didn't want anything fancy, and I didn't want anything expensive because I, I have plenty at home. And so I searched, and I searched, and I searched for a highlighter, and I finally found one. And it was, <clears throat> it was actually this one right here. And, um, and it was only one dollar. You know, you don't even have dollar stores anymore. They're a dollar and a quarter now. It was a dollar, so I grabbed it, and I said, wow, this is beautiful. And, and I noticed that it was called... The problem is that it was called a Centos scented marker. And, 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 and the first one smelled like watermelon. And then the second one, there was one that smelled, you know, there was one that had strawberry taste. One tasted like strawberry and the other one like grape. And, and I was smelling them and it was like, wow. And I was going from one to the other and just smelling these things. You know, just standing there in the middle of the, one of the aisles and smelling these things. And after a while... I realized that I was no longer looking for a highlighter to mark my papers. <laughs> I was wishing that I had a, you know, a, a plate filled with you know, strawberries and, and uh, grapes and uh, watermelons. I totally lost my focus. I was fasting. I forgot about fasting, and I wanted to eat. And I just couldn't find a way to eat this, but oh my gosh. All right, so you know, all that is saying that Whenever you and I set goals to, when you and I set a goal to do something uh, that's going to spiritually enhance us, or when we make a commitment to, to draw closer to God, or to experience God, or to encounter God, or to deal with something in our lives, when we make commitments like that, or goals like that, um, things tend to gradually and sometimes strategically interfere with that. You know, it, you know, just things begin to happen to, to kind of keep you from doing that. And I would encourage you, don't give up. 
don't stop, you know, uh, go forward. You know, the Bible says the devil is the one that comes to steal and kill and destroy. And so, and so there's no way in the world he wants you to go forward and experience deeper things of God. No matter what commitment you make, if it has anything to do with drawing closer to God, uh, you just might find a highlighter as you head out that day. So keep your eyes on Jesus and he'll take you through it. Amen. Amen. So um, <clears throat> last week, we, we, last week what we did, we introduced the, the whole concept of fasting, right? This, this biblical, highly spiritual devotion to drawing closer to God. We introduced that, and, and um, I read several Bible, out of the many, I read a few Bible verses or shared a few Bible verses on what fasting is from a biblical perspective. I spoke about different and read different quotes of godly giants of scripture, giants of God of yesteryear. Uh, I, I shared, I read to you seven things that fasting is not. I encourage you to listen to that again. Fasting is not. And then, and then I shared with you some of my own personal experiences with fasting, as well as, you know, a, a, an encounter, a wonderful encounter that I had in my room that Monday before. And, 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 and also, not just that, the, the, uh, the, the, the confirmation of the workings of God in my spirit. Um, and then I ended I, I was saying that, that today we would, we would get more into the idea of fasting. We would basically, I said, the expression I use is that we, we're going we're gonna, to, um, metaphorically speaking, right? we're going to get our feet wet. As we discuss the whole idea of fasting, um, So let me, let me, let me, let me just say, let me say this, let me, let me, um, Heather had mentioned a little while ago that, and then Sam followed it off with a prayer, um, I want God, I want revival, what gets me is, revival is here already, what gets me is, um, so, so Heather was talking about, I want that, I want that. I want you to know that, that God is here now. And he was here two years ago, and he was here seven years ago, and he was here nine years ago, and 25 years ago. He's here. But there's something about the presence of God is here, but something about the manifest presence of God. I'm not going to preach on these today, this, but I just wanted to follow up Heather and Sam. The manifest presence of God is, is a little different than the presence of God. When God comes and manifests himself on your behalf and, and, and reveals himself to you in, in, a, in a way that you're not used to or meets you in a unique way where you just, you just know that you know that you know that that was God. He's always here. But there are times when he meets or he shows up in, he manifests himself in a unique way. That's revival. And he's always here. The Spirit of God is here to work and to move, but he manifests himself provided that the heart and the condition of the individual is right with God, is right for the moment, ready for the moment. And I believe that's what God's been doing and stirring our church about, Heather. He's been stirring this for, for over a year now, but he really started late last year into this year, stirring us for preparation of what he wants to do in our lives. And then revival, we mentioned before that revival is something that 
when you have revival, you, you have revival, and you can, you can have that revival all the time. It's not a, you know, three, I remember those three-day weekend services, a revival camp meeting, and, you know, you go and everybody experience the move of God, and then after that, two days later, where did it go? No, revival comes, and we can experience that revival and that presence of God on a day-to-day basis, but we need to continue to do what we were doing when the revival came. That's what's important. So Jesus begins, right? Jesus begins in, and this is not on the screen. Jesus begins in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. Jesus says, in Matthew 6 and 16, he says, uh, when you fast. And then he begins verse 17 by saying, but when you fast. And so those two times, Jesus is speaking to the disciples and he tells them when you fast and dot 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 we'll get into that in a little in a little while and so what i want you to know that for jesus uh for jesus fasting for his followers those who follow jesus fasting for jesus wasn't an issue of wasn't a matter of of um if we fast if we fast it was a matter of when we fast and that is important and so for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, the real question should be not should I fast, but will I fast? That's what the scriptures encourages us about, the whole idea of fasting. And then what happens is in chapter 17, uh, the disciples of Jesus uh, are trying to cast out a demon from a boy. And they're trying to cast out a demon, and it wasn't working. The demon would not leave. He wasn't listening to them. I don't know what they were doing, whether it was praying for him or just rebuking him. But uh, the Bible doesn't say, but, but they tried to cast out a demon from a boy, and, and they couldn't do it. And so then they ask Jesus, the disciples ask him, and they say to him, <clears throat> why couldn't we cast out this demon? Why couldn't we do it? And then Jesus responds to them in Matthew 17, 21, up on the screen. It's, it, it's, it's up on the screen. It's in the NASB Bible. It's also in the N, uh, New King James Bible, okay? But Jesus responds with the words that you see up on the screen. Jesus says to them, this is our springboard text for today, okay? This kind, that is the kind that you're looking to do, is to deliver this kid from demon possession, does not come out except by prayer and fasting. The NIV has it way in the bottom, okay? But this, this type does not come out except by prayer and fasting. So the disciples wanted to do a serious spiritual work in the life of this young boy. They wanted to deliver him. They wanted him to be set free. They wanted him to be free and to be delivered from bondage and to whatever was overtaking his life. When there's a demon upon someone, it's hard to determine, okay? So whatever it was, and so, but they couldn't. Jesus tells them that what you're trying to do is not going to work if you're merely, a t- merely trusting in, in prayer. That's a challenging thought. So Jesus is basically telling the disciples, listen, I don't care how much you pray. This is not going to happen unless you're praying and you're also fasting. So he's letting them know that there's something more that there's something more that can happen in our lives, in, in our pursuit of doing close to God, if we do more than just pray. 
So prayer, as important as it is, you know that, as important as it is, sometimes we need to do more than just pray. That's what Jesus is teaching here. And, and, and I want to ask you, how many of you, without raising your hands, how many of you have been praying for revival? How many of you have been praying for a spiritual breakthrough? How many of you have been praying for a, 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 a physical handicap, praying for healing, or praying uh, for someone, praying for a situation in your own life, a personal situation in your life, or praying for a family, or something that's going on, or praying for America, or for our world, or for what's happening? How many of you have been praying for things like that, or whatever else you can mention, and it's just not happening? It's just not working. I've tried, I've prayed, I've tried, I've prayed, I've tried, I've prayed. Let me just say that um, maybe, maybe God is calling you to do something more than just pray. Maybe he's calling you to take some time to fast about it. That's what Jesus told the disciples. It's not going to work unless... Now, let me just say this. Um, I mentioned last week that, that fasting is not a guarantee that that what you're wanting to happen in your prayer is going to happen. So don't think fasting is a magical trick. You know, it's not a magical trick. Fasting, the, the bi biggest benefits of fasting is that you're taking concentrated efforts to look into the face of God. I don't always do that when I pray. But I do that when I fast. So there's that, that discipline of fast where we, just, where we just sit before the Lord and allow Him to meet us yeah, that's calling the manifest presence of God where you block everything and everyone out. Every agenda of the day is out because you've committed this particular time to seeking the face of God. This is not fasting uh, because you need to see a doctor. I mentioned that last week. This is not fasting because you want to lose weight. And this is not fasting because you want to become healthy. Um, that's not biblical fasting. That's fasting. Um, that's physical fasting. I'm talking about biblical spiritual fasting. And when we do that, um, we're going to see God. Doesn't mean we will always get answers to our prayers, but I guarantee you um, we will get answers to our prayer. <clears throat> excuse me. So today, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> so today what I want to do is, is I want to provide us with seven steps on fasting. Seven steps on fasting, which might very well bring you know, individual, personal revival in our lives. Seven steps that are taken from a book entitled Love on Its Knees by Dick Eastman. Fasting to Tear Down Strongholds. Seven steps to help us master the art of fasting and tearing down the strongholds. But before we do that, would you please stand with me and join me in prayer. <clears throat> the title of our message is up on the top there. <clears throat> Part two to last week's message, when prayer is not enough. Let's pray. Father, we bless you and we praise you this morning for your grace and love. Thank you, the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, we, we, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you. We're excited. We're excited that you're here with us. You're the boss. You're the one that leads. You're the one that can look in my heart and you can look in our hearts. We might look one way externally, but you see the inside. And often that is what blocks us from a holy God. And so I commit every heart in this place to you in Jesus' name. Every heart, every person, his and hers and theirs in Jesus' name. Thank you that you look at individuals and you work individually through people. 
that brings about revival in our own personal lives and then in those of others. And so, God, Holy Spirit, guide us. We pray that in grace and mercy and the, the authority of Jesus, you would bind every plan and strategy of the devil. We pray that if he, if he is holding on to anyone in this place, we pray that if there are any chains that are captivating people today, that those chains would be loosened in the name of Jesus. And I pray, O oh God, that you would give us the ability to hear and to receive, that you soften our hearts, that you would do as you do best, Holy Spirit of God, to quicken us to respond to your word in Jesus' name. We pray that you would silence every word and every voice and every whisper of the enemy, the father of lies in Jesus' name, and that you would make us in tune with your voice, dear Jesus, that we would hear you speak today, we pray. And we pray that you would carry me through this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> so let's look at these seven steps, right? Wise and proper. These, I call them wise and proper steps to experiencing, um, to, to fasting that exp helps us experience God in different ways. So, so let's look at these uh, one by one. <clears throat> Up on the top, I want you to notice, first of all, that we must fast sensibly. The whole idea of fasting is, is you need to be sensible to it. And let me share that with you in a moment here. Second point there, Ecclesiastes 5.15. It says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He says, he, he says, he has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vows. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. So sensible, it is, the idea is use wisdom when you're fasting. Use wisdom. Use wisdom in your commitment to fasting. Uh, um, use wisdom in, in the approach you take. You know, let me just say that fasting, the more you fasting, the more you fast, and the more time you take to fast doesn't make you more spiritual than the person who doesn't fast. So let's be humble about that. You know, but you want to make sure that you fast uh, in a way that is humanly possible. You, you don't want to fast beyond your ability to fast. God will give you strength, of course, but you want to make sure you use wisdom in your fasting. You want to make sure that you, that you fast within a parameter that is, that is, that is possible, humanly possible. We'll talk more about that in a little while. But that's why I did recommend last week that if you do feel led of the Lord to go into a fast, to speak to your physician. It's very important, especially if you're taking medication or you got some health issues. It's important to speak to your doctor and, of course, make sure you're listening to God. And I know that uh, the Holy Spirit of God can work in different ways. We'll talk about that in a little while. I do encourage you to make sure you're speaking to God and hearing God, because sometimes, I know in New York it happened to me twice, uh, the, the, you speak to a doctor who is not really in tune with God, he might discourage you from fasting. But I know that if you uh, know a, 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 a doctor who believes in this book and in the power of God, he might encourage you. If God is telling you, you go and you do it. But he'll give you guidance and direction as a doctor. Okay, so make sure you speak with a doctor if you know you need to. All right? Um, so the longer you fast and, and, and the more you fast and the more time you take to fast uh, doesn't mean that that you're going to uh, get answers to your prayer, nor does it mean that, <clears throat> excuse me, that you're more spiritual than someone else. <clears throat> Keep praying. <clears throat> so contrary, contrary to the opinions of, 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 of people today, um, if I fast for a long period of time, 
oh, if I fast more than him and with him and with her, um, I, I'm not more spiritual. That doesn't mean I'm more spiritual. Um, it, it means I'm just fasting more. I hope that there's a purpose behind the fast, and that's important. We'll talk more about that. But it, 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 it doesn't make it, it doesn't even make my fasting more effective if I'm fasting more than someone else. If I'm fasting more than she is, she can have better results in her fasting because it's a condition of the heart. It's, it's, it's where you're at with God when you're fasting that is most important. And as we go through today, we're going to hear some things about that, right? So use wisdom when you're fasting, right? Make sure you're reasonable about it and, and, and know that God is faithful. Know your limitations as a human, as a person. Some people might be able to fast longer than others, but the most important thing of fasting is what's going on during that period of fasting. That's what I'm talking biblical, spiritual fasting. God sees your heart, He knows your intentions, and He will honor your faithfulness in your fasting. So use, use sense, be sensible, faster sensibly. Very, very important, sensibly. Don't just go into it. Make sure you test it before you go, all right? Secondly, up on the screen, we must fast secretly. <clears throat> we must fast secretly. So stay with me here. Don't jump to conclusions, right? Notice the first, the next point, the next slide there. When, when you fast, Jesus says in Matthew 16, this is Jesus, verses 16 through 18. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others their, that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Right? Their reward basically being, look who I am. People looking up to them. Right? They receive their reward. Next slide. But when you fast, verse 17, put, on oil, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to the others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is, an, uh, who, who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So let me just say here that Jesus is, not, Jesus is not teaching that you should not tell someone if you're fasting. He's, as if, if I was to tell you I was fasting, I've just committed a sin. So he's not saying don't tell someone you're fasting. What he is discouraging is the people of the day who would fast in order to impress people who would fast in order to boast and to look good and to say, hey, I'm fasting to seem more spiritual than others. And so he's, dis he's discouraging that kind of fast. So the truth is that, that many a times in the scriptures, someone was fasting and it was declared, he made it clear, he made it sure, he exposed it. It was, it was declared to the people that fasting was taking place. And so it's throughout scripture. So it's, no idea, it's not that, that you can't fast, you can't not you can't tell people that you're fasting. That's not what he's teaching. Let me, let me read something to you from here. It's from the coming revival. <clears throat> America's call to fast, pray, to fast, pray, and seek God's face. Listen to what he says here. So Jesus was, was dealing with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees who made prayer and fasting a point of spiritual boasting and to demonstrate that their, their piety. Jesus is not forbidding us to tell others about our fasting. Uh, he is saying avoid boasting and acting superior to others. Fasting is not an occasion to demonstrate your spirituality or to gain glory for yourself. Then Christians, he says, should have the freedom to fast openly. How else can they be mentors of the spiritual discipline to weak Christians? How can they promote fasting on a large scale if they're not telling anyone? about it. So Jesus is not teaching do not tell anyone. Jesus is teaching do not 
tell anyone to boast about it. Look what I've done. I've encouraged so many people in my ministry years by just telling them I'm fasting and they've invited me to go out to eat and I said, not, not today, maybe tomorrow I'm actually fasting. And well, what is fasting? And I was able to share with them and I've had many of them uh, start fasting and make it a part of their life and experience God in different ways. And so uh, it, it does work. Uh, we ought to tell, we ought to encourage one another. We do that on Communion Sunday. We encourage one another to fast and no one's obligated to. It's a powerful discipline to encounter God. So because we fast in secret doesn't mean that we're to keep fasting a secret. Especially if you're fasting for someone who's going through a difficult time, who's going through, I mean, uh, whether it be, you know, um, health issues, health concerns, a decision that needs to be made, and, and they're just burdened and weighed down with that. Yes, I'm praying for you, but I'll tell you what, I'm actually going to fast for you. That's special, and that's an encouragement. That's a embracing them and letting them know that I'm going I'm, I'm to get on my knees for you tonight and turn over a dish so that God can intervene in your life. And so I encourage that. All right, so we are to, find, um, <clears throat> we're to fast sensibly, and we are to fast secretly. Notice the next slide. <clears throat> <clears throat> Number three there, uh, we must fast systematically, systematically. Matthew 6, 17, Jesus again, he says, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Remember he's, he, who he's speaking to, the Pharisees, um, liberalists of that day. Put oil on your head and wash your face. So interestingly enough, the Jewish people, what they would do is they would, when they were fasting, they would put ash, actually ashes or dust on their head. Uh, and, and, and they would put ashes and dust on their head. But Jesus is not saying that, right? He's saying put oil on your head and wash your face. He says to them in the previous verse, don't be looking so somber. Like, uh, hey, what's up with you? Hey, I'm fasting. Yeah, you know. You know, he said, don't look so, don't make it so obvious that you're fasting. You know, don't put dust on your head. Put oil. And so one commentator says that putting oil on someone's head and washing his face was uh, a proof for an occasion of joyous moment, a joyous occasion. So Jesus is saying, don't look like you're sad and hopeless and about to die. Look like you're really meeting God. You're meeting God. You know that. I mean, there's the encounter. There's the countenance of the Lord upon our lives. Yes, we're weak physically because we've not eaten, depending on how much time you're putting into it. But nonetheless, we're encountering God. That's what fasting does. Fasting brings us to a, a unique encounter with God. Sometimes they're better than others, but if we follow it as we're going through with this, you're going to see we can encounter God through fasting. It's, it's an awesome, awesome moment and time with the Lord. So um, <clears throat> fasting, fasting systematically is, is, is to not just go into fasting. I'm fasting. Uh, I, I, I'm not eating today. I'm fasting. But, but we need to have a predetermined plan when we're fasting. We need to know where we're going to go with this fast. You know, what are we going to do in our time of fasting? And of course, it depends on, you know, there are different, there are different types of fasting in the Bible. You know, you could fast um, uh, until evening. That's not a long fast. Uh, you can fast, um, you know, for one day or two days. Or there are different types of fast. So it's what you do if you predetermine what you're going to do in your fast. It's going to help you stay focused on your fast. Otherwise, it can get boring. 
and you can find yourself tempted to not fast. And so fasting would be the, the idea is, and, and, and there are other fastings, right? We can, you can fast drinking water. Some people fa- do a water, they, they stop eating food and they fast, they just drink water. Some people fast and, and they just get rid of some food, not all of it, they get rid of some food, and that's one that I would recommend for people who take medication or who have health issues uh, to do one of those fasts where you do get to eat something, okay? But um, so fasting, being, being systematic in fasting is, is having a set plan on what you're going to do during your fast period. And, and I'm here to help you with that. But during your fast period, what are you going to do? What are you, what are, so when we fast, we can do things like, um, uh, I mean, obviously we're praying. But we can, it, depending on the time that you're giving to fasting, we can do things like um, worshiping God. Take time to sing. We can we can do scripture memory. We could do scripture meditation. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit will take over, and you find yourself confessing sins and weaknesses of your life, and now you're weeping before God. But there's so many different things you can have a set idea. Some people have a, a fasting journal. You know, when they fasted, what was the vow that was made, um, um, what time they started, what time they ended, and what the results and their signature there. And so they have prayer f- journals, uh, fasting journals as well. So basically, having system fasting is is just knowing what I'm going to do during my fasting period. It gives you focus, and the enemy would love to detract you from your commitment of fasting because he knows the benefits of that. We'll talk more about that in a little while. All right? Systematically. Fourthly, notice, um, we must fast sacrificially. Sacrificially, Psalm 109.24. It says, my knees give weight from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. Okay, I mentioned last week, it's a good way to lose weight, to fast. But um, biblical fasting is not just let me lose weight. Biblical fasting is let me meet Jesus. Let me encounter Christ, okay? So, yeah, it's, so we, we, we can get weak. We can, I mentioned last week that, that if, if, you don't, if you don't eat breakfast, if you sleep through breakfast, or if you're like me, I don't, I don't care for breakfast too much. If, if it's there, I'm going to have it. Um, but I'm not a breakfast person, right? So if you're like me, but that's not fasting, okay? If that was fasting, I'd be a very, very spiritual giant, you know? But that's not fasting. Uh, fasting is a sacrifice. Fasting is, is taking time to, to meet with God. It's taking time to seek His face. It's taking time to, to draw close to Him. It's taking time to encounter him. It's taking time to, to turn a dish over, to say no to the dish and the desires of the flesh. It's to, it's to be hungry not for physical things, but for spiritual things. It's to see God. So it's, it's a sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. And then the Holy Spirit begins to give you the strength that you need to make it through that fasting. So um, it, it's not fasting unless it involves praying, seeking the face of God, encountering him and experiencing some kind of God in that moment, in that time of fasting. Listen, it may not always happen the same way because God gradually gets us to higher levels as we commit. The, the more you fast, the more you learn the secret of finding God. The more we fast, the more we realize, wow, I know how I got there the last time. And the more we fast and the more we pray and the more we fast, the more we're conscious of God even after that. And so for the next time that we fast, we have that encounter with God. We know how to get there. So fasting systematically, very, very important. And then also fasting sacrificially, very, very important. It's, sac- it's sacrificial because 
you're pursuing against the flesh. Think about that. What you're pursuing is against the flesh and everything that the flesh wants. It's turning over a dish that, um, that your body craves for. That's fasting. That's why it's a sacrificial fast. It's, 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 it's surrendering to the Lord your weakness so that he can, and it becomes easier when you go through routine. It becomes easier to fast. Okay? So there are some people who years ago, you, it's hard to find them. You know, um, Charles Wesley, the Wesleyan brothers, the, I mean, Billy Graham, oh, you name it. The fathers of old, you name it, A.W. Tozer. But they would fast two to three, two times, three times a week for years and years and years. And they met God. These were men and women that if you sat with them and spoke with them for five minutes, you'd experience revival. And these are people who, they, they didn't, most important to them was spiritual nutrition, spiritual food. And, and so, I mean, it's, it's a powerful, powerful art. So true fasting is denying yourself of something that, that, that your stomach is craving. It, it's, it's, it, we need to be more hungry for spiritual things than we are for physical things in order to spiritually fast. You know what I mean? We need to have a spiritual hunger that's going to cause us to, to detest the food because we're more hungry spiritually than we are with the food. That's what fasting is, the kind of fasting that God wants to do in our lives. And so it's the same. Remember that Satan, when Jesus fasted in Matthew chapter 4, it says that Satan tried to deter him, right? He tried to deter him. Well, I want you to know that that same Satan, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, I want you to know that the devil is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Though so he'll be thrown in the bottom, bottomless pit one day, amen? But um, um, <clears throat> so if he, if he tempted Jesus to stop his fast by offering him bread and food, uh, you better believe he's going to tempt you with me. And, 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 and sometimes he's the one behind the temptation not to fast. If, if, if we can lose the art of fasting, which I think we are, we haven't, but I think we're losing ev evangelicalism as we know it, is losing the art, that powerful art of fasting. We've lost it. We're losing it. It's going. But God is calling it back. Listen, you worry, you, if, if revival comes, fasting is going to come with it. If revival comes, prayer is going to come with it. It's just, it, it's just wanting to meet God. Those revival meetings, seven hours of praying, you think they stopped to eat some of them? That's just praying. That's just praying and seeking and crying out to God. And so it's, it's seeking his face, seeking his word. Um, there are different kinds of fasts I mentioned before, right? I mentioned earlier the different kind of fasting, you know, water and some food here and there. there. Some people fast media fasts. I've heard of media fasts. People don't, they won't use their cell phone for a day or two or they won't watch TV for a day or two or they don't go on the internet for a day or two, those are media fasts. And if that works for you, hey, you know, especially if the media is, is attacking and threatening your spiritual connection with God, absolutely. So there are people who do media fasts, there are people who, uh, they do, um, <clears throat> they stop, some people who smoke and who are looking to quit, they, they, st they do a, a smoking fast. I hope it, you want it to work and to stop completely, but nonetheless, a smoking fast. I heard one person, I don't know how in the world this one, but, but she told me that she, uh, she does a, a shopping fast. So she goes shopping all the time, but she doesn't shop. That's good. She, when she goes shopping, she always spends hundreds of dollars out there. 
So she does a shopping fast. Hey, whatever works, you know. I, I prefer the biblical, <laughs> the way the Bible says it. But whatever it says, I think what is important in fasting is, 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 is more that you are meeting with God, that you are encountering God, and that, that fasting, whatever it might be, is performing, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is bringing about a life change in your commitment and connection to Jesus. If it's doing that, then it's working. Whatever you're fasting, if it's drawing you closer to Jesus, if it's causing you to know him and realize him and to fall in love with him, then stay with it because it's working. <clears throat> so it's a matter of what you're doing in your fast, um, <clears throat> taking time to seek his face and, to, and seeking his word and growing in him. Amen? So we're fasting. Uh, fifthly, notice we're to fast specifically. <clears throat> Notice up on the screen, Ezra chapter 8. It says, There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaim the fast. This is Ezra, leader of the people of God. So that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey, specifically. For us and for our children with all our possessions. So, that we, so we fasted and petitioned our God about this. And he answered our prayer. And think about this. Ezra's praying. The people of God are leaving Babylon. They're about to go back home because Persia allowed the, the, their captives to go to their place. The only thing, they were subject to them. And so they're headed there, and he takes time to cause the people to fast and pray. Not just prayed, but to fast and pray for God to take them safely. How many of you, before you go traveling to a faraway place, do you take time to fast? It's the Lord's thought. Let's be for real. They took time to fast. Okay, take an airplane today. I mean, things happen, man. Things happen. So, um, and of course, with all that's going on in our world right now. So, uh, and I'm not saying you need to go home and fast tomorrow. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying these are things to think about. These are, this is the Bible. And these people took time to fast and pray. And it says that God answered their prayer. He's faithful. And so we need to have a specific purpose as to why we're fasting. It's specific. It's what is it that you're fasting for? What is it that you're bringing to the Lord? What is it that you want God to do for you? What is the purpose of your fasting? And so, and you need to hold on to that purpose throughout your fast. If you're fasting for someone who's going to have surgery tomorrow, and you made that commitment to God, and you're fasting, whether it be your breakfast time or breakfast and lunch, if you're fasting, uh, make sure you're praying for that thing. Now, the Holy Spirit might give you other things to pray about. And sometimes he'll do that. He'll bring other things into your mind and you include that into your prayer. That's fine. But you're going to pray specifically because you're fasting for that person who's undergoing surgery. So you'll be specific praying, specifically praying about what it is that, that God has brought you to pray. It could be something that is very, very urgent, right? It could be someone, uh, yeah, it could be uh, something someone's going through. It could be something that you're going through or that a personal issue in your own personal life. The people of Israel often fasted uh, because of sin in their lives and issues that they, were, that they needed to deal with. It could be something that someone is going through or someone in your family. But you want to be specifically praying about that thing and bringing up, holding that to the Lord. So the truth of the matter is that if, 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 if you don't have a reason as to why you're fasting, then you're not going to encounter God the way you need to adequately because you don't have a purpose in there. You don't have a set design. Why am I fasting? 
I've got something that's heavy in my heart. It's something that, 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 that's triggering me. It's burdening me. And I want to bring this before the Lord for this amount of time, whatever that time is. I do recommend fast to people who don't fast. If you're going to start fasting, start slowly. You know, just breakfast maybe. That's why I encourage that on Communion Sunday. Just breakfast. Start slowly, but it gets better. It goes on as the Holy Spirit prompts us to fast and to spend time. I'll tell you, the more time you fast and experience God in that moment of fasting, the more you're going to want to do it, the more you look forward to it. Okay, so um, make sure that you're uh, fasting with a specific purpose of, and, and, and seek God. So stick to whatever that purpose might be. Stick to whatever it might be. The Holy, Holy Spirit might give other things, but make sure you're praying because you made a commitment for that fast. That's why the journals come in handy. And pray, pray about it. Take it to the Lord. And, 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 and if he does give you something else, you know, be open to his guidance because the Holy, that's his moment. That's his moment. There might be something on the heart of God that he wants you to pray about. I, it's happened to me many times when I didn't go there thinking about it and it was something he began to point the finger at me. God loves us so much. God loves us so much. He, um, I, he's in love with, I, I can't believe that. I, I look at the mirror sometimes and I say, why me? I don't know if you ever felt like that. I've asked myself several times, why me? Out of all people, why me? You know, I can tell you things from my past that you'd be ashamed of me for. But it's God. He, you know, Paul the Apostle was out there killing Christians, and God saved his life and changed him. And so I want you to know God loves you. And when you're fasting, he's, he's looking in your heart as well, and he's looking in your life. And he might just point out some things to you. And at that point, you're just following his design. And, and just weep before God as he embraces you with his arms and his love. <clears throat> so pray we must fast specifically. Open to God's direction, but fast specifically. And then uh, sixth point here, we must fa fast supernaturally. Think about this one. Fast supernaturally, Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to, uh, uh, in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God working in you through his spirit, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose in you. So church, true biblical fasting, true biblical fasting is something that, that we cannot do on our own. I mean, to fast biblically God's way and the way God wants us to and the way he's directing us into prayer is, and, and to experience God the way we are to, the way he wants us to, we cannot do that on, on our own will be distracted, and all kind of things would happen to keep you from encountering God. And so if, if you fast supernaturally, is you're relying on him for your strength. So Moses, Moses fasted at least two times for 40 days and 40 nights without drinking water or food at all, completely. Now, Sam, I'm just curious. What is the longest that a person can go without water or food to, and live? The average person. No food, no water at all. No, how much? 23 days. Moses did it twice. Twice. At least twice in the Bible. Twice. Now, that was not Moses on his own. Moses had divine intervention. He's the only one in all of Scripture to fast 40 days and 40 nights without eating food and water or drinking water. Uh, and he did it twice, okay? So um, 40 days and 40 nights, it's humanly impossible. So you and I can't fast. I don't care if it's one or two or three days. We can't fast 
without accomplishing the spiritual purpose of God in your fast without him. We can't. So it was Paul who says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That includes fasting. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Everything that God wants me to do, now notice it doesn't say God can do everything through me, right? It doesn't say Christ can do everything through me, right? So sometimes Christians take that off, off context. It's not saying, well, I'm just going to sit and let God do it. No, I can do, I can do, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. So I'm a part of what God is doing. So he needs my cooperation and he needs my faith to trust him in that. And so Paul says, and then Jesus says in John 15 and verse 5, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and, and that includes fasting. So we want to fast supernaturally. We want to lean on him. We want to lean on his grace and, and on his strength and on his ability to carry us through. He's the one that gives us the ability to do it. You know, it's interesting. This is, a, this is I'm not, I won't charge for this one, okay? So, so Elijah fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And then we find also, I mean, Moses. But then Elijah, yeah, Elijah's the one. According to 1 Kings 19 and verse 8, it's possible that Elijah also fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And, and, and then we know that Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. So only three people in the Bible. Someone told me that, that Joshua fasted, but there was no proof. I looked at the text. There's no proof there. So um, three people fasted, and it's interesting that it was those same three people, it was those same three people, Elijah and Jesus and Moses, who met in the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17 and verse 3. I wonder if there's something to that. You know, 40 is a big day in the Bible. You know, God sent the waters for 40 days. They wandered, in it, in they, they wandered before getting to the Promised Land for 40 years. Jesus was the, with the disciples from his resurrection to the ascension for 40 days. So hmm, there might be something there. Um, I just wanted to throw that out. So pick up your Google and do some studying, right? That was for you. I got enough things to study right now. All right. And the last one, let's look at this. We must fast sensitively. I prefer the word spiritually, but this is what uh, our brother uh, used. Sensitively, he had it as number three. I pushed it down to the bottom. I could have put it up on the top. Uh, but um, I decided to leave it here toward the end. It's very important sensitively, Judges 20, 26, and 27. Then all the Israelites, the whole army, went up to Bethel, and there they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord, and the Israelites inquired of the Lord. <clears throat> so to, to fast sensitively... Um, let me give you a little content here. So this is what's happening. The Israelites, the people of God, are about to go to war against their enemies, but their enemies happened to be one of the tribes of Israel. It was the Benjamites. The Benjamites had killed somebody and chopped someone up in pieces, and it was a disgrace in front of the people of God. And so war was going to be had. So the enemies, the Benjamites, had 26,700 troops. 26,700 troops. Hear this. The Israelites had 400,000 troops. So imagine 400,000 against 26,700. That's, that's 14 people per one of their enemies. Think about that. 
That's 373,300 more than their enemies. And so they go out to war. And guess what? The Israelites lose uh, 22,000 men in the battle to this minor-sized little army. They lose the first battle. They inquired of God. They sought his face, and they went and fought, and they got defeated. And then they went and did it again the next day. They'd inquired of God. They prayed. And then they went out to fight these, this tiny little army of men, and 18,000 of them were killed. They lost 40,000 people to an army that was outnumbered by them by 373,000. Wow. That's something. And then the third time, they sought the face of God. They wept before God. They fasted before God. They presented burnt offerings, that is, confession and repentance. They confessed and they repented. If my people who call by my name and turn from their wicked ways, then, right? They repented before the Lord, and then they presented fellowship offerings, that is, thanksgiving to God. And then they went out, and they conquered their enemies. I think there's a point that is being said there. They inquired of God. They prayed. They did it twice and they lost. Then they decided to get their hearts right with God. This is the most important one here. If we can do all those six, if we don't do this first, we're not going to encounter God. And that's why sometimes revival doesn't take place. That's why sometimes answers to prayers don't come, or at least the way we want. So the difference here was that they searched their hearts and they realized that something was wrong here. For whatever reason, God is not answering our prayers and these, this minute size of an army is defeating us and they'll finish us off. Let's make sure we're right with God. They bring their hearts to God. They confess their sins as the burnt offerings uh, and they worship God and they seek his face and they, basically what they did was seek the cleansing of the Lord. And this is the same exact thing, church, that's going to happen with you and me. If we're pursuing God in the battles of our lives, if we're pursuing God for physical healing and mental healing or whatever it might be that we're going through, not that he always says yes, but when we're pursuing him with the right hearts, that we're, we've repented, we've confessed, we've surrendered, we've renounced, we've made it right, we've sought this cleansing of the Lord, then and only then the Spirit of God will meet you in your moment of fasting. That's when it happens. We, 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 in, in, in other words, as I've said before, in order to see God, we need to seek God. In order to see Him the right way, we need to seek Him the right way. If we seek Him the wrong way, we're not going to see Him because He is holy and He is pure and He's perfect, church. He's a perfect God. I've met so many people who say, you know, you know, I used to pray to God, or I used to look for God, or, or I've prayed to know Him, or I've, I've prayed for Him to show Himself, but He doesn't do it. we got to go to God the right way. The priests in the Old Testament were not allowed, we'll talk about this another day, they weren't even allowed into the presence of God until they've washed themselves and changed their clothing. And, and, and we've become, so we've got to be careful. He's still holy. He, he's not unholy. He 
he's not unholy. The same holy God that lived during the time of Abraham and Moses and all those people, that same God hasn't changed his holiness to have holiness. He's still holy. He's still who he was. He still demands holiness and reverence because he's still that God. <clears throat> and we're still the same as was Moses. We're still the same. We're unholy on our own self. We're unholy. And so we need to take the, the proper parameters or the changes that we need to make in order to pursue a holy God. And so this one, sensitively, is be sensitive to who we're going to meet and, and, and bring yourself, present yourself the right way to God. Let me read something to you as I get ready to close. This is Elmer Towns, Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough. He says, if you're serious to take up this discipline of fasting, you can expect resistance, interference, and opposition. Do not be caught unawares. Remember that you are attempting to advance in your spiritual journey and to gain ground for the kingdom. That necessitates taking ground away from the enemy. Let's say that again. When you fast and pray to gain ground for the kingdom of God, that necessitates taking ground away from Satan himself. He says, no great movement of the Holy Spirit goes unchallenged by the devil. And so it's a seri it's serious business. God wants to meet us, like, like Heather was saying a little while ago. God wants to meet us, and yes, I want to see, see a move of God. I want to see revival, I, I, because God wants to send revival more than, than we want it. So he's all up for this. He's up for revival. He's up for a, a brand new seeking of God. And let me just say this. I want to make myself available. I want to make myself available. If you're here, then you say, you know, I want to... I wanna, I want to I do some fasting. I want to do some spiritual, biblical fasting to encounter God, the issues in my life. I want you to know I'm here to, I'm here to, I'm here to fast with you. If you're going through a tough time and you feel, you know, I need to fast about this one. I fast on Mondays. I'm going to tell you right now. I fast on Mondays, and now I'm praying for those papers you gave me on Mondays. Okay? So, um, let me know. You're going through a tough time. Hey, Pastor, I need you. I'm going to go through this, and I'm going to take some time to fast. And I'll tell you one thing. I'll fast for you. I'll fast with you. I promise you that. Um, so I'm, I'm here with you for that. But, you know, um, we all have spiritual battles. We all have giants that come against us and difficulties and conflicts and things that happen in our lives. Um, fasting is a powerful weapon. It's a powerful tool that God has used for years and years and years. And I want to encourage you with that. As you know, next Sunday um, is our Communion Sunday. And so next Sunday, we've encouraged the church this year, no, say this very carefully, no one is obligated to fast. It's just God's placed this on my heart to bring it to the church. So at least take it to him. If he tells you no, then it's no. And no one is obligated to just know that on Communion Sunday, uh, there are people fasting in the church. So the coffee machine is off, and we want to just, just be sensitive to the fact that there's some people that the enemy might use someone else to tempt them to, uh, to break their fast, okay? It's just during communion, and the end of communion, fasting is over. If you guys want to invite me out to eat, we can work on that as well. Right? That's, that's, a good day. that's a good day to do that. Anyway, but uh, next, Monday, next Sunday is that. I will send out an email this week with some specifics as to what we are fasting for. All right, some specifics. All right, and you know, revival is, that's, that's key is revival.
Um, you know, it could very, very well be that, that one of the reasons why revival is lacking is because we've lost the art of fasting. So I want to encourage you regarding that. Okay, there are different fasts. You can speak to me. You could probably speak to Sam as well. He's a doctor. Um, different fasts that you can take that can accommodate your situation. Uh, honestly, can accommodate your situation. There are people who take medication. There are people who the doctor says they have to eat something. They, they can't go without food. I understand that and I respect that. But there are other different fasts that we can do uh, so that we can spend time with God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your grace and love. Thank you, Jesus, for, for teaching us how to fast, that you would take time to fast 40 days and 40 nights, you set as an example that you sh we should do as you do, and if you fasted, how important that might be for us as well. Father, if we've lacked in this area, I pray for a fresh spirit, a fresh movement of your spirit upon our hearts and lives, and that we would know that sometimes uh, we need, to, to, we need to, to put everything to the side and look into the face of Jesus. What a powerful art, the art of fasting you've left for us here. Help us to uh, follow your design and your word and your truth, Father, in the name of Jesus. Help us to do it for the right reasons. And I pray, I pray for spiritual breakthroughs. I pray for spiritual encounters. I pray for a meeting, uh, a meeting of the minds, yours and ours, as we individually seek you and as a church, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your grace and love. And maybe you're in here today and you would say, would you please pray for me? Because here, please hear this, this very last point that we just spoke about. Um, we cannot, please hear this, we cannot, we cannot experience God and his goodness and the reality of God until we've brought ourselves to him in confession of our sins. The Bible says we've been separated from God because of sin. We're separated, every one of us, until we say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and today I confess to you my sins and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And if you're here today and you've never ever done that, uh, he's, just, he's just a Lord. He's not your Lord until you say, be my Lord, I'll receive you today. If you've never done that, this is your moment. I want you to raise your hand. If you've never done that, you say, I want to do it today. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of being religious and not knowing Jesus. I want to change that today in the name of Jesus. If that's your prayer, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody? Anybody? want to pray for you? And there's anybody here who would say, would you pray for me? I want, I, I've got issues in my life. I want, to, I want to fast. I want to learn more about fasting. Would you pray for me? I, want, I, I need prayer. I, I want to learn about fasting. Or maybe you're here today and you would say, you know, I, I, I used to walk with Jesus. I was a follower of Christ, but I've wandered from the faith. I, I've backslidden and, and I want to get back. I want to get back to the relationship I had with him back in the day. Would you pray for me? If that's your prayer, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 Praise God. Any others? I want to pray for you. You've done it before. Just you've kind of you've kind of fell back a little bit. We can all go through that. All right. So if you raise your hand one more time, raise your hand. Those who raise their hands. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you that are raising your hand, we're going to close in prayer. But um, <clears throat> I would love to invite you to just come on up here so I can pray for you. Uh, I would love to invite you to come up here. I can just pray for you. Just to, I mean, that, that's it. That's, it's just it's, it's standing up and saying, hey, just pray for me. And we'll believe God to meet you here at the pulpit, okay? So just come on up and join me for prayer here, right? Come on up and join me for prayer. And I'm going to invite um, 
couple of elders to come on up and just, just come here and join us for prayer. Uh, he's a great God. He's a powerful God and he's able. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So just close your eyes for a moment and get in his presence. Let's pray. Someone lay hands on someone, please. Even if you're seated down, if someone here needs a hand on them, just come and pray. Holy Spirit of God, we bless you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and for your love, God. Thank you for uh, Holy Spirit. Oh, my gosh, we want to meet you. We want to know you. We, uh, Lord, you're, you're spiritual. You're bigger than us. You're holy and you're pure and you're perfect and you're powerful. And you're able to do things in our lives that, that we so desperately need. Father, your word says that we're to live by, by faith and not by sight. And oftentimes we get, we get sidetracked because we're living by sight. We're living by what we see and, and we get discouraged and we get, uh, we get sent in the wrong direction. But you call us to live by faith. Would you open our eyes? Would you touch us this morning? Would you remind us that you're here, Spirit of the Lord, in the name of Jesus? Would you embrace everyone standing here for whatever reason, Lord, whatever it was that caused him or her or them to wander from Jesus, whatever it was, we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Your word says you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? I pray that we would determine right now as we pray in Jesus' name what it was, who it was that sidetracked us. And, and we'll pray for them if it was people, but that we would focus on you. Holy Spirit of God, I pray for a revival. We pray for revival. We pray for revival. We pray for your fire. We pray for your presence. We pray for your anointing. We pray that you would quicken our arms and legs and feet and, 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 and our minds and our hearts to, to follow you and to long for you and to hunger for you and to want you over everything and anything in this world. We pray for the things that have held us down. Uh, whatever those things have been, God, we know that we're living in a day where social media seems to be conquering the lives of so many and much going on in our world behind the scenes, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would be on top of things. I pray that we would know that, that you are Lord and that we would follow you and that your word would be more important to us than, than CNN news, that, that your word would be more important than the news and what's going on in our world, that we would find peace and refuge and strength in Jesus that we would hold on to you, that, that, that we would rely on you, that we would not be stressed out by the pressures and the worries and the conflicts of life, oh God, in the name of Jesus. That we would seek you and your word in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would send upon your church, upon him and her, Lord Jesus, a spirit of fasting. A spirit of fasting. Lord, where you're more important than the food. Give us wisdom there, how to do it, when to do it, but help us to be faithful and committed to the vow that we make before you for the amount of time in the, and that we would experience the promises of your word. This one can only go out by prayer and fasting. We bless you. We praise you, Spirit of the Lord. We invite your power. We invite your fullness. We confess Yes, we confess, we repent of everything that gets in your holy way. In the name of Jesus, make me and make us uncomfortable when we take it in our hands, when we look it in the face, when we nurture it, when we hold on to it. Would you convict the Spirit of the living God, you who live inside of your people, would you convict us? Would you give us your hatred and your awkwardness? 
over the sins and the obstacles, the hindrances in the name of Jesus. And Father, with that, bind every trap and every lie of the devil, every whisper that he brings to remind us of our past. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone. Remind us of not who we were. Remind us of who we are. Remind us of not what we did. Remind us of what you did. Remind us of not what we had. Remind us of what we have. Jesus, we bless you. We praise you. We commit this altar. And we commit this people. And we commit this church. And we commit your works. And we commit revival. And we commit your movement to you, O God, in the name of Jesus. May you be praised. Jesus, may you be glorified. May you be lifted up. Not us, but you. Not our church, but you. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> Would you all please stand as we sing our closing song? I need you. Soften my heart and break me apart. I need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping my life. All I Trust what you say That you're good And your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life I need you to soften my heart and break me apart. I need you to pierce through the dark and cleanse every part of me. you say that you're good and your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life cause I may be weak but you're may fail my God. 
God he is um, <clears throat> I want to invite you to uh, <clears throat> have food with us we got some food now um, oh if you're fasting I'll eat uh, that's good <laughs> hey let's let's trust God let's trust God individually you can say God I want you to, I want you to do something in me you know and we can pray for each other but it begins with individual lives Let's trust God. Hey, I'm here if you have any questions. If you need prayer, if you need to talk, you have any questions, um, some of you, you can contact me during the week. If you're going through something, you can contact our leaders. You can send an email to the church, but uh, reach out. Don't, you're not alone. If God brought you here, because he doesn't want you to be alone. You're not alone. We have a family of people here that love the Lord, and he loves his church, and he loves his people, and he loves all people. That's why we're here today. Amen. Father, we thank you for your grace. Um, and your love again. Pray that you would now bless this food and this fellowship to our bodies. We pray that you would be at the center of our time together. We pray that what you've began, Lord, that, that, that it would not be, not be robbed. We declare your authority and your freedom. We declare your revival and your work and your works. We declare that. And we want it every day, God. We want to be hungry for that. Your word says be filled with the Spirit on a day-to-day -day basis. And so we can have it. And we thank you for providing that in Jesus' name. Bless now, we pray, this food and fellowship. We pray, amen. Thank you. <coughs>